0: Love Talk Radio. All right, all right. This is Watchmen on the Wall. This is Watchmen on the Wall coming in loud and clear. This is Watchmen on the Wall. I've switched my program from Wednesday night at nine to thursday night at nine see if i can get more parishioners amen to hear the word of the lord we're so glad to be with you this evening coming in the name of the lord and savior jesus christ we are preaching christ him saved and crucified on calvary's cross and you we're finding out more and more and more each day the world the world is not interested in the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, the birth, of death, and the resurrection. They're not interested in this today. Why? Because definitely we are living in the last days. The last days just before Christ comes back to get the church. And we are here tonight, amen, to talk about what is going on in our world today. Where is the church? Where is the church of the living God? If anybody, anybody should pro, should proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the gospel of Jesus Christ picks out right from John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, whosoever believeth in him shall never perish, but have everlasting life. The world is not worried about salvation. They're not concerned about salvation. Men are not concerned about their souls. Less alone caring for souls for others. If anybody should be caring for souls, it is the body of Christ, the body of Christ, born-again believers, those that have been saved from sin, death, hell, and grave. You'll never know what it means to be saved until you really get saved. Amen. Some people say they're saved but they have not experienced the power of God. The power of God don't come through a whole lot of works. It don't come through a whole lot of buying and selling. They don't come through a whole lot of talk. It comes through repentance, 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 repentance. Man is not repenting from his sins. Man is not turning from his sin. Man is enjoying sin. He's trying to enjoy sin and righteousness at the same time, but you can't serve both. You have to love one and hate the other or hate one and love the other. There's no way you can straddle the fence and be a child of God. You cannot do it. It's impossible. Either two things. Either you're a hypocrite or you're a sinner. You're a hypocrite is you pretending that you know Jesus Christ. You're trying to go through the motions that you know Jesus Christ. But the motion takes more than motion. The motion... That Christ wants, he wants you to live like him, talk like him, love like him, forgive like him, rejoice like him, amen, and have the love of God shed abroad in your heart by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Before we get into the word tonight, I want to bow your heads. Oh, Heavenly Father, we come to you now. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy your goodness, and we thank you, Lord, for this one opportunity that we have to come to you, Lord, to give you strength to give you praise, to give you the glory, to give you the attention that you want. And that is that you're concerned about the soul of man. And the soul of man is your first priority. That's why you came down here and died 2,000 years ago. You suffered, you, you bled, you died, you dropped your head between the locks of his shoulder. You gave up the ghost. You went down into the bowels of hell and preached to those in prison. And on the third day, you got up out the grave with all power in heaven and earth in your hands. And you've been gone for 2,000 years, Lord, and we're looking for you. We're hoping for you. We're designed to see you. We want you to do whatever you've got to do through us, the church, the living God, baptized believers that love the Lord, that were are willing enough to give up their life for Christ, to serve the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Lord, we just ask you right now to bless the message. Bless the messenger. Bless those that listen. In Jesus' name, I will say, let the church say amen. Amen, amen. We thank God this evening for giving us opportunity to be on the internet, to be on the air, to continue to preach the gospel. We must continue to preach it, preach it, preach it, preach it. Because soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. We are going to see the King. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I'm here tonight to preach God's word and to give you some understanding on what God is looking for the church to do. I'm talking about the church. I ain't talking about no gatherings. I'm not talking about nobody I'm talking about, well, I'm going to church. I'm going, but we're going to church. Not amen. We're not going to church for a show off. We're going to church to learn, to be taught to have fellowship and have the boldness to let the world know that Jesus Christ is actually coming back to this earth very soon before I believe. And the long as I've been preaching, I believe we are closer than we ever because I really, amen, it's been up on Bible prophecy and end-time messages and end-time events that's happening in the world today exactly the way the Bible said it would happen and it's happening every day. It's happening every day. I mean, people are dying. People are, 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 are doing what they want to do. People are not concerned about judgment. 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 What? Judgment of the world. The end of the world. The last few years that we have to be here. Because before Jesus Christ comes back to this earth, before he comes back, there is going to be a rapture. There is going to be a rapture of the body of Christ. No pacific listen. No specific denomination is going to get you to heaven. No specific denomination is going to get you to heaven. I don't care what denomination you in. If you're in a cult well, there's no way that being in the occult you're going to reach heaven. Because the occult comes from Satan. Satan is what? He is a liar. He is a deceiver. He is a tempter. He is everything the opposite of what God is. He's the opposite. He is a fallen angel, a fallen cherubim that rebelled against God in heaven. He was cast to the earth. He ended up in the Garden of Eden. God put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and told them, whatever you do, whatever you do, you can eat of every tree in the garden. You can eat out of it. You can eat the fruit. But the tree that's in the midst of garden, the tree of knowledge, knowledge of good and evil, in other words, a tree that if you eat it, you can detect good from evil. But don't eat thereof. The day you eat, the day you touch, the day you have that yearning and you, you hearken into the voice of Lucifer, you are going to die. D-I-E. You are going to have a spiritual death. A spiritual death. Meaning? that you are separated from God. You are cut off from God. You don't know God. You have never experienced God. You have, at, at one time, Adam and Eve, who had communion with God. But that was broken when they ate the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the result of it, here's the result of it. Look at our world. Look at it. Look at the condition. That it is in. Look what people are doing. Look what people are saying. Look what people are carrying on about who God is, and is He dead? And is He alive? And uh, look, look at what the people are discussing and denying. They, they deny that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And in other words, they deny that Jesus Christ is God Almighty. The world is denying that. They're denying. that Christ is the very God in the flesh. The world is denying it. They're rejecting it. And by them rejecting, they reject his birth. They reject his suffering. They reject his miracles. They reject his crucifixion. They reject his death. They reject his resurrection. They reject his second coming. People say he is not coming. People say, I don't believe he's coming. People say, I don't understand what is he coming for. He's coming to judge the world. And when he comes, he's coming not in a manger. He's coming in clouds. And he's going to rapture his body out. And, and, and as I say it, There's no specific denomination that's qualified to go to heaven. No specific denomination. There's no specific religion that's going to be qualified to enter to the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ, son of the living God, spoke to Nicodemus one night. Nicodemus came to him at night. And when he came to Jesus Christ at night, he wanted some information. He wanted some information, and he knew where to go. He didn't go to church. He didn't go to the synagogue. He didn't go down there and uh, 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 pray. He went to Jesus by night. He came to him personally. He came to him on his own desire to talk to Jesus, not to the preacher, not to the choir member, not to no Pacific denomination, not to no occult demonic spirits. He came to talk with Jesus. Jesus. Why did he go to Jesus? Why didn't he go to one of the Sanhedrin court? Why didn't he go to a high official? No. Jesus was different. Jesus was God Almighty in the flesh. Jesus was the Son of God. Jesus was the God-man. Jesus was the Savior of the world. Jesus was the one that died, hung on the cross, came back from the grave with all power in heaven and earth in his hand. And that's what Nicodemus went to see. Woo! He didn't go to the local club. He didn't go to nobody but Jesus. Let's go to the what? Let's go to the third chapter of St. John. St. John. Hallelujah. Praise God. Woo, listen what he says. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. So Nicodemus was a rabbi, and he was a ruler of the Jews. He knew the law. He was well set in the law. He had good morals. He had good morals. But there was something missing. There was something missing, and Nicodemus found out what it was missing. He came to what? This is what the Bible says now. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to who? Jesus. By night. Why Night night. It's time for you to go to bed. Night, things quiet down. Night, very few people moving around. And and Nicodemus said, I'm going to make a visit to Jesus Christ. I'm going to see what's going on. I want to hear what's this new way of living, new way of walking. I want to know who this man is. I'm going to find out what will it take for me to know God. Know God. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know, saying he to court know. All the Jews know. He said, We know that thou art a teaching. Come from who? Come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou dost except God be with him. Nicodemus knew there was something highly unique, highly unique about Jesus Christ. He was what? He was God in the flesh. He was the creator. He is the maker. He is the redeemer. He is the emancipator. He is the sanctifier. He is exactly who he said he is. No man can do these things. There's not a man been on earth other than Jesus Christ that did miracles like Jesus. Nobody else. Nobody else. Nobody else walked like Jesus. Nobody ever talked like Jesus. Nobody ever did miracles like Jesus. Nobody ever did anything like Jesus because he is the ultimate. He is the creator. He is the maker and creator of the whole universe. And here he is, sitting down with Nicodemus. Here is God Almighty in the flesh, sitting down, talking to Nicodemus. And Nicodemus said, we know that thou art a teacher that come from God, for no man, no human being, no ordinary man, no no prophet, no seer, no bishop, nobody can do what you've done, you healed the sick, you raised the dead, you cast out devils, you did miracles, you fed 5,000 with two fishes and five ballets of bread. Come on, five fishes, two fishes and five ballets of bread. You did miracles beyond any man can comprehend. You even raised the dead. Man was dead for four days. And you came to his grave site and you told him to arise Lazarus. And Lazarus got up out the grave. He turned water to wine. People touched him, and they were healed. No other man ever did that. Oh, now, we got a whole lot of quacks today that claim they were sent from God and they can do miracles, but that's a lie. They they try to get all the glory. They try to get all the uh, uh, attention. But let me tell you, if you don't pay attention to Jesus Christ, if you're paying attention to everybody else, in your life, you paying attention to the preacher and the deacon and the, and the lawyer and all the, I mean, you just got your mind on man, what man is doing. But if you ain't got your mind on who Jesus is and what He done, you in sad shape because Jesus is the only man that can ever do anything that's completely and right to do for your soul. And that is save your soul. That's what Jesus Christ came down here to do. He didn't necessarily come down here just to do miracles. He was a miracle just by coming. And when he came, he came to his own people. He come to the old Jewish nation, and the Jews did not receive him. But as many received him, he gave them power to become the sons of God. The churches today don't forgot about Jesus. They own music, they own money, they own fame, they own, their own glory. They're going places, they're doing things, and it's not pertaining to the will of God. God told the church, God told the church on the day of Pentecost, go back down, go back down, go back down in Jerusalem, the disciples, and wait for the promise of the Father. For I'm going to send what? I'm going to send what? I'm going to send the Holy Ghost in my Father's name. And when it comes, it will be a witness to you. And when you receive the Holy Ghost, I'm going to give you power to do what? I'm going to give you time to sit around and talk about people. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you power to dress nice, to go to church. I'm going to give you power to give tithes and enough. No, I ain't give you power. I give you the power to be what? A witness. A witness. A witness for me. I want you to show exemplify who I am, what I am, what I can do. I want you to tell the world who I am and that you have experienced his power, his love, his mercy, his forgiveness, his long-suffering, and that you are going to be a witness to what? To win the world. To win souls to Christ. That's the mission of the church. Now the business of the church is good. It's good to have to do your business, but the main, the main, the main, the main calling of the church is to be a witness to the sinful, sinful world. It's to rebuke sin. It is to 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 turn away from sin. It is to be uh, in the world but not of the world. You are a an example of how Christ lived. He lived holy. He talked holy. And Christ said, I want you to be a witness for me. And you can't be a witness unless you have been baptized with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not an it. It's not a thing. It's a he. And the he is Jesus Christ. The Holy Ghost could not live inside a man forever until after the resurrection. Jesus Christ could not live in my soul before I mean, after, before the resurrection. The only thing the Holy Spirit could do before the birth, death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it would come and it would go. It would come and it would go. But it didn't have the power enough to do what? It didn't have power enough to stay in my spirit because the goats of animals and turtle doves and, 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 and uh, sheep and, and red helpers was only a type and shadow of the birth, death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the blood of animals was only just a covering for sin until a period of time, until the fullness of time. God sent his own son, and by sending his own son, that was the what? That was the ultimate sacrifice for the sins of the world, the sins of the world, my sins, your sins, your mama's sins, your daddy's sins, your uncles and your aunts' sin, for everybody in the world must come to acknowledge Jesus Christ. Ooh, you hear what I said? That means every soul that ever wants to enter the kingdom of God must be, let's see what it says. Well, well, ooh, let's see what it says. I ain't going to say it. I'm going to let the word of God say it. Listen see what it says in, in uh, John 3 and 1, 3 and 1. It says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born again. Uh Uh-oh. Except a man be born again. He cannot go to, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verily, verily, I say unto you and to thee, except a man be born again, He cannot see the kingdom of God. Fourth verse, Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? You're old and great. Your mind is going. Your legs are going. Your thinking is gone. I'm old. And Nicodemus said, Can he enter? Now he's asking the question. He asked Jesus a question. Can he enter? The second time into his mother's womb and be born now Nicodemus was asking Jesus Christ, can I come down to a baby oh my god can i can i can i can I reverse my age and become a baby and and go back up into my mother's womb come on now listen what well, this is what Nicodemus was saying go back into my Mother's womb and stay there for a period of time and be born again. I'll go for that again. Let's, let's repeat that because this this is serious. This is serious. It says here, Nicodemus said to him, "How can a man be born when he is old? You old, you cannot have another physical birth. You cannot be born." again with another physical birth it's impossible it is out of the realm it is beyond eternity you're old you cannot trans you cannot reverse your age and come back and be a baby again and come back and be a uh a, a, a embryo again and go back up into your mother's womb come on now and stay in your and stay in a uh uh ovary and then reverse it again to go forward, and then come back and be born a baby again, and then grow up again. Can't do that. It's impossible. Take on what I'm saying. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily? Verily really, I say unto thee, except a the man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter. Whoo! He cannot, 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 he cannot enter into the kingdom of God except the man be born of water and of the Spirit. And you notice in your Bible, it's a capital S. That means God's Spirit. That means the eternal Spirit. That means the Spirit that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he said it is finished, he dropped his head and died. Went into the bowels of the earth. They preached to those in prison. That spirit, God's spirit, God himself. Stayed in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. What was he doing down there? He was justified. His suffering, his death, no, his burial, his suffering, his death, and he's going to manifest his resurrection. Except the man be born of water. And of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So no soul will ever enter the kingdom of God unless it's been born of water and of the Spirit. Well, how is it that you can be born of water? Well, if you if if you study uh, uh uh if you study the the anatomy and study the procedures of being born, you will find out that a Baby is born by a sperm of a man and into the womb of a woman. And when that sperm fertilizes that egg, that egg stays in that womb for nine months, nine months. What is it doing in that nine months? It is forming. It is it's, 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 it's getting all the chromosomes and the DNA and, the, and, and everything is, is forming. It's manifesting itself. It takes nine months, nine months that that child stays in, that that baby stays in, that that fetus stays in that mother's womb. And as she stays in that mother's womb, that baby is floating in water, nothing but water. There's water all around that sack in the stomach. And as that baby is floating in water, it's breathing through the fallopian tube. That's where he gets his food and everything. His air is breathing through that. And as it breathes through that, it's floating in water. It's tumbling over and over, over and over. It does that for about nine months. The water is in there. So in order for that baby to come out, the water has to break. When that water breaks, that means that baby, it's time for that child to come out of a mother's womb. That is called the physical birth and be born of a water, without that water being in that mother's womb, that baby would never be able to mature itself to come out because that water is a cushion in the mother's womb. So when that that woman breaks that water, it's time for her to do what? It's time for her to go to the hospital or it's time for her for that baby to be delivered. That's born of the water. So you cannot come in this world. Listen, you cannot come into this world without you being in your mother's womb, with the water in that mother's womb keeping you in that mother's womb for nine months. You cannot be born. That's born of the water. So if you have never come into an existence by a sperm or egg, you will never be born. But when you become into an existence by the sperm in the egg, then that water keeps you in that mother's womb for that period of time of nine months. Except a man be born of water and of what? The spirit, that's God's spirit, he cannot enter to the kingdom of God. So now, after you've been born of physical birth of water, you must be born of the water and of the spirit. When the spirit comes into your life, that is the Spirit of God. And when the Spirit of God comes into you, Jesus said you must be born again. That's born of God. This is what he said in the sixth verse. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. When that child comes, it's an infant, adolescent a teenager, an adult, as they come to the adult realm and and, and begin to distinguish good from evil. That means now your soul is aware of what? Of sin. Some people say between 12 and 13 years old, you become accountable for your own sins. The Jews have a thing called vermiscus. In other words, when a, when a young man becomes 13 years old, he is responsible for his own sins. Jesus Christ says, "Suffer the little children and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. When you're in the state of innocence, you, a child may sin, but he is not acknowledging what sin is all about. And since Christ died, he died for that Adamic nature that Adam transferred down through that atoms of time. So that baby is under what? It's under the blood of Jesus Christ until it gets able to be accountable for his sins. When it gets accountable for his sins, then he can be born of the Spirit. Some people don't know exactly when the age of accountability arrives. Some say 20 some say 13, some say uh, 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 older. Only God knows exactly, and that's all need to know. Only God knows exactly when that child becomes responsible for his own sin. And Apostle Paul gave us a picture of what it's like. He said, when I became old enough and I looked at the law, When I looked at the Ten Commandments, when I looked at all that the Ten Commandments told me to do, guess what? I died. I died. I found out. Now I'm acquainted with what sin is. And when you come acquainted with what sin is through the Ten Commandments, you are a sinner at that point. You are a sinner at that point. Now the law cannot save you. The law cannot redeem you. The law cannot transform you. The law is only a schoolmaster to lead you to the cross. When the Lord gave us the law, it was a schoolmaster and he took us by the hand and he showed us what Christ died for on the cross. They showed our sin. So now you know that you're a sinner. That's the time you should be in repentance. Lord, I am sorry of what I am. I'm sorry what I did. I hate what I did. And the law has told me I'm a dead man because the letter kill it But the cross gives life. And Jesus Christ is telling Nicodemus in this here verse. He says, which is born of flesh is flesh. So when you're born of the flesh, you flesh. Which is born of the spirit is spirit. Now, you notice it says in that word of God, in the sixth verse, it says, which is born of the spirit. It's got a capital S. That's the spirit of God is spirit. When the spirit of God meets your spirit, you confess with your mouth. You believe with your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. The Bible said, thou shalt be saved. You're saved. You're saved. Why? Because you repent of your sin. You believe what Jesus Christ suffered and died on Calvary's cross. You are willing to accept him. By faith, you are saved, not by works, least any man should boast, but by the grace of God, undeserved merit, love of God. We all deserve to go to hell, but God loved us so much. He cared for us so much that he died on Calvary's cross. And what did he do? He took our sins. He paid the price for my sins, your sins, the sins of the whole world. That's why the Bible tells me in the book of Solomon, remember now your creator in the days of our youth. Best time to receive Christ is when you are young. When you are young when you are in the period of uh, having a tender heart and that you're quickly to be convicted at a young age. But if you live to get old, you live to get 40 and 50, you live to get 30, and you never, you never had the audacity to repent of your sin, and the more you sin, the harder your heart gets Don't wait till you get old and gray and feeble, can't see, can't walk to accept Jesus Christ. Not saying that he won't accept you, but it's more difficult when you live in sin for a period of time and then you hear the gospel. You have a tendency sometimes to sin uh, that you have done, hardens your heart. Jesus Christ says, come to me. Come to me now. Come to me while you are tender. Come to me while your heart is tender. And guess what? Let me save you now. Let me save you at nine. Let me save you at 12. Let me save you at five. Let me save you at a young age that you will believe that Jesus Christ is God Almighty, huh, and that he died for your sin. It's easier for a child to remember that if you teach it to him and let him know that you were born wrong and that you know, let him know. That Christ died for your sins. He took your place on the cross. Nicodemus said. Nicodemus thought the way that he could be born again and go back into the mother's womb, but that's that's illegal. That that ain't that ain't gonna work. That is not gonna work. Jesus said, "Except a man be born of the water, except he come into existence. If he don't come into existence, he can't come." He cannot enter the kingdom of God. And then when you do come into existence, you must be born of the Spirit. And the Spirit is the only way that you can connect up with God Almighty. When you accept Jesus Christ, you accept God's Son in the flesh. When you accept Jesus Christ, not as being God, but as God, and that God through his Son, Jesus Christ, died and suffered on Calvary's cross for your sins, if you believe that with your heart, confess with your mouth, the Bible says thou shalt be saved. The Spirit of God comes into your life and you're born again. And born again don't mean that you're going to jump and shout and that you're going to speak in tongues, and that you're going to do all this shouting stuff. No, that's not born again. Born again means that you are willing enough to accept the will of God and accept his spirit out of a repentant heart and say, Lord Jesus, by faith, come into my life. I want to be saved. And guess what? Jesus Christ will come into your life. Just as simple as A-B-C. Some people have made it so difficult for people to get saved, it's pitiful. It's pitiful. It's a sorry thing to think people be good, don't do this, don't go to show, don't do this, don't smoke, don't drink, don't do this, don't do that, do that. No, that is not the way you're supposed to get saved. You're supposed to get saved, make no difference what you done done, make no difference how much you try to do to bring salvation to yourself. You cannot do it. You've got to go strictly to Jesus Christ. What did Nicholas Davis do? He went straight to he went straight to Christ. Why? Because there was nobody on the planet. There was nobody on the planet like Jesus. Here's a man that came from heaven. Here's a man that God Almighty in the flesh. Here's a man that took 42 generations for him to get down here. Here's a man that was born in a manger, wrapped in a swaddling cloth. Here's a man that stayed on the earth for 33 and one and a half years, never did nobody wrong, never did. He was perfect. He's God. He never made a mistake. He never will make a mistake. He is self-existent. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. Here he is sitting down with Nicodemus, and Nicodemus thought you could get to heaven and see God's kingdom by going back up into his mother's womb and being born again, because you cannot be born in the flesh again. But when you're born in flesh, when you're born in sin, you can be saved by the grace and the blood of Jesus Christ by confessing with your mouth and believing with your heart. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not. Don't marvel at this, I said unto thee: ye must be born again. Eighth verse: The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whether it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Man, old oh days. When you're born again, you don't know if the spirit enter your ear, in your nose, enter your eye. You don't know if it into your mouth. You don't. Know, you don't know where it. But let me tell you: when you receive God's love, divine love, rich love, forgiving love, everlasting love, when you receive that, you will know that you've been born again. You will know that you have passed. From death to life, you know that you've been passed from death to life because you love the brethren. You love the brethren. You love everybody if you've been born again. If you've been born of God, if you've been born of the Spirit, Because when the Spirit come in, there's a change that comes into your life because what Christ did on Calvary, he opened up a fountain that was filled with blood that flowed from Emmanuel's veins. If the sinner fall beneath the flow, that sin would lose all his guilty stains. When you know that the burden of sin have been lifted from your spirit, lifted from your mind, lifted from your agony and, and troubles that you have, having and, and, and living in fear, when you know you have passed from death to life because you love the brothers. Jesus also said, if a man say, I love God and hate his brother, he is a liar and a truth Is not in him. How can he love God, whom he have never seen, and yet in here he see his brother day after day? For you must be born again. You cannot work your way to heaven. You can't be, brother, good in two shoes, and you can't be. You could be good. You could try to be good above good. That will not go and get you into the kingdom. There's a lot of good moral people gonna die and go to hell. They're not gonna hell because they didn't do a certain thing. They're gonna go to hell because they refuse their sins be forgiven and washed in the blood of the Lamb and continue on to live like they wanna live and never have made a confession with their mouth and a belief with their heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. This is a simple plan of salvation. The simple plan of salvation is that, number one, you're a sinner. You're lost. I don't care if you're the queen of England. Every Old Testament, Old Testament saints, could not enter into the kingdom of God until after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They could not enter the presence of God until after the resurrection. Why? Because Jesus Christ hadn't died. Jesus Christ had never bowed his head. Jesus Christ never was put in the grave. Jesus Christ hadn't been resurrected. And so man could not be saved. The Old Testament... Patriarchs and people that got, received Christ back in the, under the law, they could not enter into heaven. They had to go to paradise. They had to go to the bowels of the earth and wait for a period of about four thousand years before Christ came. After Christ came and stayed here for thirty-three and one-half years, and in his last uh, 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 few years that he had had he told his disciples, I must go to Jerusalem and suffer, suffer many things because that's what I come to do. I come to seek and save those that were lost. I didn't come to save the righteous. I come to save the sinner man. Jesus Christ talked to sinners everywhere he went because nobody was saved until after the rapture, after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. After the resurrection of Jesus Christ, paradise was removed from the heart of the earth and moved up into the presence of God. Now when a saint of God dies, when a born-again believer dies, whether you're Baptist, whether you're Presbyterian, whether you're Catholic, wherever you receive Christ in your life, your denomination does not bring you redemption. It does not bring salvation. Jesus Christ is the only way that salvation can be acquired. Can I get a witness there? I'm going to give you some scriptures here. Let's go to Acts 4.12. Acts 4.12. This is what it says. Acts 4.12 says this. Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation. There ain't no other salvation in any other. For there's none other name under heaven. None, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must. Be saved, must. You know what must mean? Must means it is exact. You've got to be born again. You've got to come to Christ. You've got to do exactly what Jesus told Nicodemus to do. He must be born again. You must be born of the water. You must come into an existence before you can be born in the physical world. And after you're born in the physical world, you must be born again by the Spirit of God. And that is Jesus Christ coming into your life. Let's go. Let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4 says this. Amen. Hebrews. Hebrews right here. Here it is. Right here. Fourth fourth chapter. Fourth chapter of Hebrews. Read thusly. You said, Let us therefore fear least a promise being left Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong scripture. Wrong scripture. Hebrews 2nd chapter. 2nd chapter. Listen to this. Listen to what the words say. Therefore, we ought to give a more earnestly heed, earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience receive a just recompense, a reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? What you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about how shall we escape the damnations of hell? and the lake of fire, if we neglect so great a salvation, this so great a salvation beyond our mind to comprehend was quoted to us in the book of Isaiah, 53rd chapter. This is the greatest salvation of deliverance ever known to the human family. From all nations and kindreds and tongues, listen to what listen to what Isaiah said. This is this is the suffering servant. This is what Jesus done for us. And how can you escape if you neglect what He done for you? Who has believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For He shall grow up before Him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form of comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. That's talking about Jesus Christ after he was crucified and hung on the tree, after they had beat him beyond his recognition. He was, not, he was not desirable to even look on because we had disfigured him, made him look like a pottage meat, or they beat him 39 lashes on the back side. I don't know how many in the front side, but they cut him up pretty bad that no human, no human being could even look at him after man's sin had devastated his body, devastated everything he had. They had him hanging. Oh, yes, they did. They hung him high and stretched him wide. And they mocked him, and they despised him, and they cursed him. They made fun on him. They spit on him. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They kicked him. They uh, uh, mutilized him. And the world don't know what they done done to Christ. Oh, we all are guilty. you talking about guilty. Brother Mazar is guilty. You guilty. Your mama guilty. Your sister's guilty. The mailman's guilty. The football player's guilty. Every human being on this planet is guilty for slaughtering the Lamb of God. And the only way, the only way, the only way that he could bring man back to God is God had to sacrifice his only son. When he sacrificed his only son, he was paying the debt for sin. The wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life. Sin destroys, sin kills, sin mutilates. And that's what our sins done to him. And he didn't say a mumbling word. Listen to what Isaiah talked about. He said, uh, listen to what he said, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it was our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he had bore our griefs and carried our sorrow, and we didn't esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted, but he was wounded for what? Our transgression, for our whoremongering, our lying, our cheating, our backbiting, our homosexuality, everything that's against God. Every sin that man could think of. Every sin that the devil could lay on the human race. He said, listen what he said. He said he was, whoo, Lord have mercy. Surely he had borne our griefs. You talking about burning griefs. You talking about you grieving. But Jesus Christ bore our griefs. Carried our sorrows. Yet we did not esteem him. We didn't even praise him. We didn't even rejoice in him. Listen what he said. He was stricken. He was stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All of us, every last drop, one of us, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughterhouse, as a sheep before shears. Is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from the judgment. Who shall declare his generation? He was cut off off the land of the living for the transgression of my people. He was stricken. He was made... His grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence. Neither was any deceit found in his mouth. Good God Almighty, do you own what you're doing. We done done something. Uh, It seemed like, mm, how could God forgive us? Yeah, we done done something. We don't kill the innocent man. We don't talk about him. We don't low grade him. We don't lift him up no more. We don't praise him no more. We don't give him the glory no more. Oh, yes, we have. We've been some rude people, but yet still he opened not his mouth. We don't talk about him. We don't call ourselves being a Christian and live like the devil. We don't embarrass him, but that's all right. He still loves you. We know that sometimes it seems like the Lord is far from us, but he's not. He's right there. The only thing you've got to do is call on him and repent of your sins. And I believe if you humble yourself and seek his face, you can find him. Yes, he is. And you know he did that. He let that be done to him 2,000 years ago. Yeah! Yeah, we've done some low-down, dirty things, and he it's to you. He loves us. He to you. He will give us, but we won't come to him. But let me tell you something. All these six thousand years, Satan is ramping the world and tore the world apart. But that's all right. And the only ones that God is gonna get is those that want Him. If you don't want God, God is not gonna press you down. He's not gonna beat salvation into you. He's not gonna uh, drag you through the mud um, for you to accept Him. He said, Who? whosoever will, let him come. And when you come, I'm going to change your life. I'm going to change your life. I'm going to change you and make you brand new. I'm going to let you become a new creature. I'm going to let you receive the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost, when you're baptized with the Holy Ghost, you're going to be baptized one time. And if you're baptized one time, you don't have to be baptized with the Holy Ghost no more because you've already been baptized, but you can receive fillings. You can receive fillings on top of fillings, but you only can be baptized one time of the Holy Ghost. There's no two baptism. There's no half a baptism. You must be born again, and when you're born again, that means the Holy Spirit baptizes your soul into what? Into the church. You've been born again. You've been changed. You become a child of God. When you become a child of God, in the process of the time of your growth, trials and tribulation comes in, in your life, and you trust in the Lord. You begin to grow, and as you grow, it takes a lifetime to grow. You don't grow overnight. You can be saved overnight, but you don't grow overnight. You got to you got to go through some things. You got to you got to feel what it's like. To become a child of God. When you become a child of God, it's not no fly bed of ease. The Bible tells me, Apostle Paul said, endure hard as a good soldier, laying aside every weight, every sin that's so easy to be said, looking unto Jesus, who's hard to finish our faith. Jesus Christ is coming again. He's coming to get a church. A born again believer church. A church that loves him, a church that loves Christ, if you love Christ, if you love him, you will keep his commandment, and his commandment is not grievous. His commandment is that you love one another as I have loved you. And if Christ loves you, you ought to love one another. And the only way you can love one another, you've got to be born again. You've got to have the Spirit of God in you. You can't love nobody without the Spirit of God. Jesus Christ is love. Talk like love. Walk like love. Forgive love. Ooh, he loved you so much. He was willing enough. Amen. God was willing enough to let Mm-mm. Should I say that or not? Give up and let Satan have humanity all the way over. But he said, no, no. No, no. The Lord God Almighty, Almighty is one God. He rules the universe. Never made a mistake. Got all power in heaven and earth in his hand. Satan ain't winning. Satan losing. The world is not winning. The world is losing. When you reject Christ, you're losing. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. I don't care how successful you are in life. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you're losing. After all the success that you're going to do, all the houses that you don't bought, all the cars that you don't had, all the women you don't had, all the uh, money you don't made, how all that, all that, all the land and all, all, all that, and then you end up dying. And leaving it all here. And dying without Christ. The only place you can go. The only place you could go. Is hell. Because hell is going to be full of sinners. No born again believer. Born again believer will never see hell. Hell. Why? Because Jesus Christ saved your soul from hell. How did he do that? He did it by his blood. His blood saved you. His blood was shed on Calvary cloth for you. His blood will never lose its power. His blood is eternal. His blood is the only blood that has power enough to blot out sin. Get rid of sin. Eliminate sin. Terrify sin. And cleanse you and make you a holy. Born, baptized, believer in Jesus Christ and serve him all the days of your life. Jesus Christ got that kind of power. First time he came was to bring salvation. Second time he's coming, he's coming to judge. And he's soon to come as we see in Bible prophecy. Bible prophecy is being fulfilled every day, every minute, every second. And the next big event that will strike the planet, that will terrorize people. That will have people pulling hair out their head. People will be running up and down the street. People be hollering for their loved ones. And that is the rapture of the church. When Jesus Christ comes and gets every born-again believer around the world. And the world is not that big to God. The world is big to me. But the world to God, he can hold the whole world in his hand. He knows how many hairs is in your head. He knows the number. And he knows every sand grain on the seashore. He knows exactly how many drops of water in the Atlantic and Pacific Ocean together. He knows that. He's almighty. And he can save little old me. Little old me. He can save little old you. If you want to be, if you want to be a child of God, and you're a child of God, just by one way, one way, only way, you can be a child of God. You got to be born again. And born again of God's spirit. The only way God can live in you It's through his son and his son in you. And when you meet Jesus Christ, you meet God right away. Bam, there he is. You don't have to wait three or four days to get saved. No. When you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth and you tell Jesus Christ to come into your life, save me from this Oh, with spirit, I got save me from drugs, save me from homosexuality, save me, Lord, save me, Lord. I don't want to die, and go to hell, because if I die, and go to hell, that's my only punishment that I can receive, because I got to pay for my own sin, and I don't want to have to pay for my own sin, because you paid for it, and if Jesus Christ paid the price for your sin, why don't you come to Him today? You can come to Jesus Christ today, right now. Why don't you be like Nicodemus and go to Jesus at night? Sit on the edge of your bed and ask the Lord, Lord, what will it take for me to be born again? John the Baptist came along. He said, except you repent, except you turn from sin, turn from abomination. Turn from lying. Turn from gossiping. Turn from smoking. Turn from homosexuality. Turn from whoremongering. Turn from backbiting and hypocrite. Turn. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it so much that you ask the Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on my soul. Save my soul from the burning lakes of fire that's waiting for the devil and his angels and those that... Reject the love of God. We are in the last days. How close is Jesus Christ? He is so close. He is so close that it will bother your mind if you would ask the Lord to open your eyes up and let you see what's going on in the world that points to the return of Jesus Christ thing that's going on in the world today points to one thing, the return of Jesus Christ. The world cannot go on like this too much longer. And the reason why is man will destroy himself, will destroy society, will destroy the family, will eliminate Marriage will eliminate everything that's godless. Anything that's righteous, they will try to eliminate it. And that's what the world is trying to do. And God said, I can't let it happen. The Bible said before Christ comes, before Christ comes back to this earth, the Jews, have to be in their land. I'll say that again. Before Christ can ever come back to this earth, the Jews would have to be in their land. Their land is Jerusalem. Their land is Israel. Their land is the land that God promised Abraham 4,000 years ago that he would give that land to the Jewish people and they cannot, he cannot come back until they are in the land. And when they're in the land, the Jews are going to make preparation for the return of the Messiah. But the Messiah that they're looking for is the false Messiah. They don't believe that Jesus Christ has already died, went back to heaven, and coming back again. They believe that God is supposed to set up the millennium kingdom when he come the first time. And he said to the disciples, it's not, in, it's not in your hand. It's in my father's hand to decide when the kingdom of God will be given back to the Jewish people. And so the Jews are back into the land just like Ezekiel prophesied 2,600 years ago about the Valley of the Dry Bones. The dry bones, the dry bones, the dry bones represent Israel because they were scattered all over the face of the earth. When they were scattered all over the face of the earth, they didn't come back into their land from 606 B.C. until 1948. They came a nation for the first time over the period of 2,600 years. This was the first sign. May the 14th, 1948, this was the first time or the first great sign that Jesus Christ is getting ready to come back. It's been 75 years Israel has been in their land, and this 75th year right now points out they're preparing to what? They're preparing to get ready for the false messiah to come, and guess what? The false messiah is here. The Antichrist is alive today. This is Brother Bazaar speaking from the Word of God. Now, I ain't making this stuff up. I ain't making this stuff up. I've been in this for at least 58 years. I was preaching this in 1965. I I was going to church before I became a preacher, and I heard this way back there in the 50s about Jesus Christ coming back to this earth. And I've been on this earth for 78 years. I've been preaching for 58 years, and I'm still preaching it because I know what the word of God said. Christ said he's coming back, and he said, when you see the Jews back in their land and preparing to meet the Antichrist, and they are getting ready right now. What is the next thing? He said, when you regain the wailing wall, And he said, the Jewish nation is going to have wars ever since 1948 and beyond that. Jews are going to be attacked by the Arabs all the way up to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And now Israel is in trouble because the Arabs and the Jihads and all the heathen nations are bombing Israel. They're trying to overthrow Jerusalem and conquer Jerusalem and they're getting ready for ground war. They're getting ready for air-to-air missiles. They're getting ready to do what? They're getting ready for the rain of fire where six nations are going to try to an attack Jerusalem within the next two or three months, and they are going to fail because the Bible says when you touch the Jewish people, when you touch Israel, when you touch Jerusalem, you touch the apple of mine eye, and God said, leave my anointing alone. If you ain't formed, back off because I am going to deliver the Jewish nation, and let them recognize their true Messiah. So what are the Jews doing to show us, to show the preachers today, to show the deacons and the sisters and the young people? What is going on today that will open up your eyes? Number one. Number two is the Jews are preparing to reestablish the third temple. The Bible said a third temple must be built. The Jews now are building, planning, schematic views of it, designing the third temple. The third temple, they believe, since They disbelieve that Jesus Christ has already died, suffered, and coming back again. They believe that the old sacrificial animal sacrifice is still in power when that is no longer in use. The law, the sacrifice of the animal cannot save man. The only one that can save man is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ has already died, came back from the dead, went back to heaven, Coming back again to judge the world, and before the world is finally judged, and Jesus Christ comes and put His foot on the top of the Mount of Olives, there is a seven-year tribulation that's getting ready to ignite any day now. Any day. Most most information that I've got and I've been preaching it, going over and over and over and over again. And again, I come at the month of deliverance is September. That is called the rapture month. Don't know what hour, don't know what day, but they know the seasons and the times. And the season of the time is pointing to the rebuilding of the temple. And this temple is under construction. They're got the, they getting ready to get the Ark of the Covenant. They got the menorah. They got the five red helpers. They're getting ready to set up a sacrifice and go back into the Old Testament sacrificial offer is not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. The Jews are going to open up their eyes and find that this year, covenant with death that they are going to make with this Antichrist is not the way. It's going to be Jesus the way, not the Antichrist. The Antichrist cannot come, cannot appear cannot come on the world scene until after the body of Christ. After the body of Christ is is resurrected from the dead, when Jesus Christ descends from heaven with a shout, with the voice of archangels, and the dead in Christ arise, and we that remain alive shall be called up into the air. That's the rapture. Jesus Christ does not come back to the earth after the tribulation. The church is headed for the judgment seat of Christ. I am headed for the judgment seat of Christ. I'm not headed downtown. I'm not headed to Walmart. I'm not headed, no. I'm headed for the judgment seat of Christ. That's where I'm getting ready to go. I cannot go until the Trumps sound. But while the Trumps are getting ready to be sounded, I must preach this gospel. Wherever I go, wherever I see, I must preach this gospel. I don't care how long you've been in church. I don't care how long you've been singing in the choir. I don't care how long you've been praying. I don't care how much money you got. don't care how much education you got. I only care about one thing. Do you know the Christ of the cross? Do you know who Jesus is? Do you know what he done for you? Do you know that he can change your life? Do you know that when he comes, if you don't know him, you will be left here on the planet? You will be left here on the planet if you don't know who Christ is. If you have never met Jesus Christ, if you have never bowed down your sin-sick head, and you'll sin the knee and confess with your mouth and humble yourself and confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, you will be left here and you will face the greatest enemy of your soul, the Antichrist. The man is alive today. The man is alive today. The man is alive today. He cannot come out on the scene until the rapture of the church, the body of Christ, the church that Jesus Christ said to, uh, to Peter, up on this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm going to build it out of black people, white people, Chinese, Japanese, Jews. I'm going to build it out of every family of the nation. I'm going to redeem men, boys, and girls. I'm going to redeem those that want me. I'm going to call them up into the third heaven and I'm going to set them before the judgment seat of Christ and I'm going to judge the works that they have done here on earth. Every born again believer that ever was born of Christ will be at the judgment seat of Christ and those that don't know Christ will be left here for seven years if you don't die through the seven year tribulation. Seven years of hell on earth will be set loose After the rapture, after the rapture, then the Antichrist will come. He will come and form the one world government, the one world economical system, and the one world religious system. He's going to set it up that the false church will call it the one world church, one world economically, and one world religious system. And he's going to call both small and great to worship him. For those that will not worship him and honor him and adore him and pay allegiance to him will be beheaded. And those that receive the mark of the beast, or AI, which is artificial intelligence, those that receive this mark is a Mark of eternal damnation. That means if you receive the mark of the beast in the middle of the tribulation, that means that your soul is damned forever. You are lost. You cannot be redeemed because you don't have an alternative to believe in the Antichrist or believe by faith in Jesus Christ that he can deliver you from sin, death, hell, and the grave. And majority of the world The majority of the world will follow the beast. Where did you get that, preacher? I got this in Revelation. Go to your Bibles if you have your Bibles with you. Revelation, the 13th chapter. Majority of the world will be lost. And here's what the Bible says about that. And I stood up on the sands of the sea. I stood up on humanity. Sands of the sea represent humanity. And I saw a beast rise up out of the sea. He'll come up out from the midst amidst of the Gentile nations, having said seven heads, the seven world empires. He will, he will have that same spirit of the ancient empires. Seven heads. What are the seven heads? The seven heads are Egypt, the Assyrian Empire, the Babylonian Empire, the Median Persian Empire, the Grecian Empire, and the Roman Empire. The seven heads and ten horns. The ten European common market horns represent NATO. They will be here. They are already here. They are waiting for what? They are waiting for the 11th horn. And the leaven horn is alive now, but he won't come on the scene until after the church is gone. The Holy Ghost church. People who have the Holy Ghost. People who have been washed in the blood. People who have submitted their will and their soul to Jesus Christ. And he says, and up let <clears throat> ten horns are the ten European common markets. Next time I give the name of these ten, these ten horns, that you know exactly where they're at. And having seven heads and ten horns, up on his horn, ten crowns. In other words, they will have authority. And up on his head, the name blaspheming, speaking against God. That's what that means. And the beast, which I saw, was like a leopard. A leopard represents speed. So he will be swift. His feet were as the feet of a bear. In other words, this is your system, one world government will be ferocious, ferocious, like a bear. And his mouth as the mouth of a lion. Authority. He have world authority. He will uh, give authority to the whole world. And his mouth as the mouth of a lion his authority like a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. In other words, the devil will give this beast his authority. Now listen to this. Listen to this very carefully. 13th chapter gives you what? what route the world was going to take. Here's the route that the world is going to take during this latter part of the three and one half year tribulation period. It says here, And the beast which I saw was like a leopard, swift. His feet were like a bear, ferocious. His mouth, the mouth of a lion, authority. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. All the authority was given to the Antichrist through the dragon, and I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death. In other words, right here in this here third verse, it says wounded to death. In other words, there's going to be an assassination of the Antichrist in the middle of the tribulation period. They are going to kill the Antichrist. Now, listen to what it says. And I saw one of his heads, the eleventh head, the eleventh horn, as it were wounded to death. In other words, he was put to death. And then he said, "And his deadly wound was healed, and all, and all the world wondered after the beast." Now, this deadly wound to the head was it is absolutely an assassination of the antichrist. He will be shot, assassinated just like President Kennedy got shot similar in 1963. They killed President Fitzgerald Kennedy. They put a bullet through his head. And some people in my day, in my time thought that he was going to be raised from the dead. But no, he's not he was not the antichrist. But they put President Mr. Joe Kennedy, to death, and they buried him until this day. Well, this man coming on the scene now is devil-influenced, devil-energized, devil-candidate to be shot with a bullet to the head, and the deadly wound was healed. The deadly wound would mean that he would be killed and lay in the morgue for three days. Satan has a plan. God has a plan. This is Satan's plan. Satan's plan is to see that this Antichrist be shot. Lay in the morgue for three and one-half days. After he lay, after he lay in the morgue for three and one-half days, there's going to be a galactical war in the presence of God Almighty, in the present in the heavenlies, and this your battle will be found in Revelation. Revelation twelve. And I'll find it in twelfth chapter of Revelation seven seven verse. It says, And there was a war in heaven. Now I want you to understand this there was a war in heaven a long time ago Lucifer and his angels was cast out of heaven because he was rebelling against God, and God ended up going to war in heaven, and he threw Lucifer out to the earth. That was that war. But now we're living in the 21st century. There's another war that's going to go on in heaven in the middle of the tribulation period, and let's see what's going to happen in the midst of that tribulation period. And the Antichrist would be landing tomorrow. Let's see what happened. He said, and there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, the old devil. And the dragon fought and his angels. And prevailed not, neither was there found any more in heaven. Satan right now is what? The prince power of the air. If Satan is prince power of the air. Where in the Bible does it say that he is the prince power of the air? Let's go to the book of Ephesians real quick. Sixth chapter. And it's chapter and 12 verse. Let's read and see what Apostle Paul said about this war. Six and 12. Six and 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities against powers against the rulers of darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places, high places in the heavenlies, high places in in first and second heaven, high places rulers of darkness high places principalities demons devils are in the heavens, in space, in the quasars, in the cosmos. Their headquarters is there now, and he rules the air. He rules the air, and he don't spread nothing but bad news, bad news everywhere, bad news on TV, bad news in the newspaper, bad news on the street. That's all he does. He has nothing good to say to nobody. He's out to destroy. He's a prince power of the air, and since he's a prince power of the air, In the book of Revelation, he's going to be dethroned from the prince power of the air. And the prince power of the air says this, 12, here it is, 12. It says, the eighth verse says, and prevail not, neither was there found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. Out of what? Out of the heavens, Out of the first and second heavens. He was cast out. That old serpent called the devil. And Satan, which deceiveth what? Deceiveth what? Deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out to the earth. He comes to earth now. He ain't on earth yet. He's in the heavenlies. He's in first and second heaven, cast out of third heaven, 6,000 years ago. Can't go back to heaven. God is done with him. He's headed for hell. He was cast out to the earth, and his angels, all his cohorts, all his demons, all his four principalities and powers, all those were cast out with him. And I heard, now listen to this, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers is cast down, which accuses them before our God day and night. And they overcame him, they overcame him, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. What lamb? lamb of God. What lamb? The lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. What lamb? The lamb that hung on Calvary 2,000 years ago. What lamb? Lamb that dropped his head between the locks of his shoulder and gave up the ghost. What lamb? Lamb that was taken from the cross and lay in the grave. What lamb? Lamb that stayed in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. What lamb? The lamb that got up Sunday morning with all power in heaven and earth in his head. What lamb? The lamb that's been gone 2,000 years. What lamb? The lamb that's getting ready to come back with power and great glory. What lamb? The lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye, heaven, ye that dwell in them. Woe into the heavens of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down. All right, he's coming down here. UFOs are coming down here. Invaders are coming down here. Wicked spirits are coming down here. The reason why they're coming down here is because the world is saying we don't want Christ. We don't want to believe that he died and rose again. We don't want to repent and turn from our evil ways. We don't want righteousness. We don't want sanctification. We don't want holiness. We don't want Righteous living. What we want, we want to do what we want to do. And what you want to do, you want to do the devil's work. And so the Lord said, if you want the devil, I'm going to give you the devil. If you don't want me, the only thing you can want is the devil. And so God is going to permit Satan to come down here and make ravish and make terrifying events that's going to hit this earth. Listen what it said. Rejoice, ye, heaven, for the accuser of thy brother is cast down. Well, when Satan is cast down here, he has a a plan, and this plan will be one of the greatest miracles that comes from the dark world, comes from the cohorts of demons and Nephilim, cyborgs, come from wicked spirits or vampires. These Wicked spirits will actually take possession of peoples during the tribulation period. And so the Antichrist is laying in the La Tundra. And Lucifer, Satan, the old devil, the dragon, will actually have power to incarnate himself inside of the Antichrist's body and bring his spirit and his spirit locks in with his and raise him from the dead on live television, internet, TikTok, Twitters. All the modernistic, high sophisticated state-of-the-art communication will televise this through CBN, ABC. All the unique TV programs will actually televise the resurrection of the Antichrist and he will become the dragon. He will become the beast. He will become incarnated devil inside of the Antichrist and he will be able to have power over all the earth according to God's will to judge men, to see what they are going to choose. Choose you this day in whom you will serve. When this year happens, because there's going to be a resurrection of the Antichrist. And what country is he coming from, Brother Bazaar? Well, Brother Bazaar can only tell you what the Bible tells me to tell you. He's coming from the 11th horn of the European carbon market. He's coming from NATO. He's coming from Western Europe. He's coming from the 11th country that came in to take control of the 10 European countries. What country is that? Spain. 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 Spain is the country in which the Antichrist is living now. 55 years old. Six foot six served every military, speak 10 different languages. He's married, got two daughters and a wife. Well-standing. And Spain is in love with him. His father, Juan Carlos, considered to the Jewish people, Juan Carlos was considered to be the king of Jerusalem. They initiated him. They had the Pope in Jerusalem back there when they initiated Juan Carlos. But Juan Carlos got too old and there was a lot of discrepancy in his kingship and so he had to give it over to his son, King Felipe. And King Felipe now has been the king of Spain since 2014. And 2014 and to 2023 will put you about... Almost 10 years, he has been the king of Spain. He cannot come on the scene until the rapture. When he comes on the scene, he will sign a death covenant with Israel. He will back up Israel on rebuilding the temple. He already, hey amen, is making it take a trip to the Middle East. They're looking towards Spain. Why? Why Spain? What's so special about Spain? Spain, Spain are descendants of the Spanish people, and Spanish people and Jewish people are brothers. Esau, you get Spanish people. Jacob, you get Israel. It was Jacob that took a hold of Esau's heel. Because Esau came out first, and Jacob came out second, and he took a hold of Esau's heel, and later on in life, when they grew up as men, Esau gave his birthright to Jacob and sold his inheritance to Jacob by the trickster of Rebekah and made Esau angry at Jacob, and Jacob was going to catch Esau Jacob was going to was running from Esau because Esau was going to kill Jacob, his whole family of seventy people. And when Jacob saw Esau coming with four hundred men. Jacob prayed the night before and told, Lord, deliver me, deliver me. And he wrestled with the Lord all that night, all that dawn of day until the Lord said, let me go, Jacob. Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. Because he knew that Esau, his brother, was going to kill him. And then Jeremiah came along. 30th chapter 7 verse, at last, at last, that great day has come, the time of Jacob's trouble. Well, that time of Jacob's trouble was in the Old Testament, but there's a new time coming. The new Jacob's trouble will happen in the latter part of the tribulation period when all the nations of the world will try to wipe out the Jews, starting with Spain. Spain has been a persecutor of the Jews and God is going to deliver Israel out of their problem. So your Antichrist is coming from Spain. Watch what the Bible tells you. And that's nothing but the Bible. Nothing but the Bible all day long, all night long, all through eternity. Israel is looking for their Messiah, but they're looking at the wrong one, and God's going to give them and teach them the last time. It's the last time Israel will ever be deceived, but God is going to deliver Israel out of the deception of Satan. This is what Satan wants. This is what Satan's been trying for the last 6,000 years, to get rid of the Jewish people, get rid of Christianity, and get rid of anything that pertains to the holiness of God Almighty. And guess what? He got an elf. He got an elf. He got an elf. He flunked. He flunked, and he's going to flunk right in hell. And those that follow Lucifer, Those that follow secret society, those that follow the Illuminati, those that follow all these different kinds of religions and different kinds of seances and different kinds of witchcraft and Buddha, all those that follow them and reject Christ will burn in hell. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Do you want to die in sin Do you want to live forever in sin in a lake of fire because you didn't come to Christ? Do you want to enjoy this life and just have fun, 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 fun? Don't you ever want to stand before God and give an account of yourself? And if you ain't saved, you will not have no spirit in your mind to say, I'm going to stand before God like I am. Because if you stand, try to stand before God like you are, you're going to bust hell wide open. Because your soul is stained with sin that descended from Adam and Eve and got a grip of your heart and your mind to have you believe it, that there's no heaven and there's no hell. And when you die, you just die. That's a lying wonder. Because the devil knows his self. He knows and believes in God. And he got more sense than you do. And he trembles at the name of Jesus Christ. His knees buckle. He turns bow-legged when he hears the name of Jesus Christ because he there at that name, the Bible say that that name of Jesus, every crooked knee, every dirty knee, every black knee, every white knee, every Chinese knee is going to bow one day. And every tongue, every lying tongue, every long tongue, every crooked tongue, every straight tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. The world is going to be invaded after a while. In the book of Revelation 12 chapter, the world is going to be invaded by demonic evil forces. God is going to give the world over to Satan for seven years and let him run it. And those that believe in Satan are going to follow him by what they already know. But at the same time, when Jesus Christ raptured the church, he's not going to leave the world without hearing the gospel of the kingdom. He's not going to leave the world without hearing the gospel of the kingdom. And God got Some men right now in the book of Revelation. Seventh chapter. Four angels stand on the four corners of the earth and hold back the wind and the judgments. Twenty-eight judgments is coming. And these angels are going to hold these judgments back until what? Until God seals 144,000 Jews. And these Jews are going to preach the gospel of the kingdom. And the gospel of the kingdom is Jesus Christ is coming back again. Jesus Christ is coming back to set up the millennial kingdom where he will rule with a rod of iron. Repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the message that the 144,000 is going to preach for three and one-half years. The world is going to hear the gospel of the kingdom. The world has been hearing the gospel of grace for the last 2,000 years. 2,000 years the gospel of grace has been preached around the world but it's going to be preached in the last days because it's getting ready to close the door. They're going to preach it in January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. They're going to do that for three and one-half years, 1,260 days, 24-7 It's going to be broadcast across Africa, South America, Australia, Russia, Middle East, United States, Canada. It's going to hit every state from Maine all the way down across Pennsylvania, New York, Ohio, Indianapolis. Indiana, come on down, Nevada, North Dakota, South Dakota, Texas, Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama, Atlanta, Georgia, all the way across. they going to hear it and there won't be no church service. It'll be evangelist service. There won't be no time for banqueting. There won't be no time. The gospel will be preached the Jewish people in the seven year tribulation and after the seven three and one half years the Jews are going to hit the great tribulation and they're going to be martyred, they're going to be killed but before they leave this planet before they leave this planet There's going to be a what? A universal, worldwide, international, national revival around the world. The whole world is going to hear it. And that's what Jesus said. The end will not come until every human being hears the gospel at the close of the seven-year tribulation. And John looked across the annals of time. And he looked and he said, I see something that I didn't see until now. He said, I see a number that no man can number. Who are these and where did they come from? And the writer said, don't you know who they are? He said, no. He said, these are they that came through great trials and tribulation. These are the tribulation saints that heard the gospel after the rapture of the church, after Christ calls the church from the grave, after he calls the living from the present evil world, and he's going to transform our mortal bodies into immortality. And then it is written as it is written, O oh death, where is the sting? Oh grave, where is your victory? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Yeah, they're going to preach until the time of preaching is over. And when they get through preaching, the Lord is going to remove them from the earth. And when he removes them from the earth, the Antichrist will set up the mark of the beast. Will set up the mark of the beast in the middle of the tribulation period. He sets up the mark of the beast and he puts in Revelation it says and there shall be an image of the beast. The image is AI. Artificial intelligence. They got robots today that they believe is smarter than human beings and they're messing with something It's going to be devastated. And the Antichrist is going to be resurrected from the dead and when he said Resurrect him today, he's going to say he is God Almighty. Apostle Paul said he's going to sit in that temple, and he's going to desecrate the temple, and he's going to cause abomination, desolation in the, in the temple, and the world is going to have to bow down to the Antichrist or bow down to Jesus Christ. Majority of the world will bow down to the Antichrist. Because this is what he's going to demand. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death and his deadly wound was healed and all the world wandered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon. They worshipped the devil just like they're worshipping the devil today. They're worshipping the devil everywhere. They got the devil Baffinet. they got secret society. They got People eating babies. They got people sucking blood. We got people eating their own feces, drinking their own urine. We got people offering sacrifices and babies to Moloch. And they're eating flesh. And they're worshiping the devil vampire. You got that on TV. Huh? That's all they put on there now. People eating each other and sucking their blood and have sex organs and do all kinds of abomination. But this is what the people will be worshiping. And they worshiped the dragon which gave power into the beast. They worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to stand against the devil and his demons and his devils? Who is able to eliminate the works of the devil. And here they're asking the question in the fourth verse, and they worship the dragon, and they had power, they gave power to the beast, saying, who is like the beast, and who is able to make war? Who is able to stand against this deity? The devil himself and all his court." And there was given to him a mouth, speaking great things, blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue, forty and two months. The Forty-two months is three and one-half years. Three and one-half years, Satan, the demons, nephilim UFOs, entities, will turn this world into a half what hell's going to be like. going to turn it almost into a living hell. The only thing that's not yet will be given is fire. Fire will be given in hell but there's going to be fire brimstone. There's going to be earthquakes. There's going to be pestilence. There's going to be people losing their mind. There's going to be killing and murder. There's going to be race wars. There's going to be food wars. There's going to be diseases. There's going to be people losing their mind like losing air. Lucifer will rule the last two, three and one and a half years with all he got. And after the 144,000 is stood with their preaching, the tribulation saints will have to go to 42 months of hell on earth. They they will be delivered. But at the same time, after 144,000 is gone, God is going to send two more witnesses. The last two witnesses that will ever preach the gospel other than three angels. These two witnesses will have power enough to shed up heaven that it will not rain for three and one-half years. These two witnesses will have power enough to turn water to blood and bring plagues upon the earth, as many as they call. And There's only two prophets in the Bible that God knew that they did not fulfill their Old Testament ministry, and that was Moses and Elijah will come back to this earth and they will stand on this earth in twenty twenty four or five or six or seven. They will stand at the close at the beginning of the last part of the term and they will preach for three and one half years. They are going to duplicate the gospel of the kingdom. They will be announcing That Jesus Christ is soon to come They are going to bring Plagues and devastated Up on earth And all those that are laughing and partying And jiving and shucking And playing around All those that will be done away with Ain't going to be no jolly times then And the world will hate the message That they will bring They will be bringing judgment Up on what? The wicked the abominable, the liars, the whorebongers, the homosexual Judgment will bring quick remedy. And after they get through preaching at the close of the three and one-half years, God's going to give permission that they be killed. And they're going to lay in the streets of Jerusalem for three and one-half days. As they lay in the street, their body is going to metamorphosis. They're going to blow up their body going to get big. And the cameras and the Twitters and all oh, the magnificent state-of-the-art communication would be in motion. CNN, ABC, I mean people would be men would be flying over Jerusalem on planes with their cameras. And they will be surveying to the world exactly what's going on. And after they get through, they're going to be killed. Lay in the streets for three and and one-half days. After three and and one-half days, they're going to be resurrected, and then they'll send up into heaven. And at that same time, 7,000 men will be slain in Jerusalem. And then the Lord Jesus Christ will get ready to lead the porters of heaven with the church, And we're coming back on our honeymoon because we've already been to the supper. All the saints, all the saints will be dressed in white. All the saints will be coming back on white horses. All the saints will follow Jesus. All the saints will be sanctified, glorified, Justify and have a right to ride with Jesus back to earth to rule and reign after that great and final battle at the end of the tribulation period would be Armageddon. Armageddon is getting ready. The Euphrates River is drying up. Russia is planning to make an attack. The rings of fire, six nations now, is getting ready to... Invade Jerusalem. It's gonna be an invasion, but God's gonna stop it. And when He stop it, you're gonna run off into World War III. And World War III, that will happen during the tribulation period. The church will not be here in World War III. We will not participate. We will we be participating? at the Lamb's Supper. God then went to the limit, down to the rock bottom, down to the last drop. God said, I'm going to send three angels to encircle the earth and preach. The Gospel, and this is what the angels are going to preach. this is what the Bible say this is what i i i I ain't got the nerve I ain't got the wisdom.